Blog Talk Good evening, America. For presenting yourselves on this battlefield. I give you thanks. This is our army. To join it, you give homage. I give homage to Scotland. And if this is your army, why does it go? We didn't come here to fight for them. Good evening, Joseph. Thank you for allowing us to join you tonight on your uh, Blog Talk Radio, understanding the times in which we live. Tonight, uh, we were visiting with Justice Waters, and there's several different titles you can come up with this conversation for this conversation. Is it time to have a rodeo? Put the clowns back in the barrel? Bring out the bulls, the cowboys? Let's say you, Justice Waters. Well, thank you, Governor. You know, we've all been to a fair or a circus, 
where we see the clowns come out and they do funny things. They make us laugh. They do unreal things or strange things, and they do it to make us laugh and make animals be safe. The first recorded work of clowns dates back all the way to 2400 B.C. Then Egypt, or about 800 years following the building of the pyramids, about 300 and some years following the flood of Noah, which occurred in the year 2348 B.C. The first circus was performed in what we now know as Cairo, Egypt, where the pharaoh of Egypt wanted entertainment for himself and all of his immediate staff and workers. And the magicians and the animal trainers came up with this act of using clowns to distract the wild animals, you know, if they got loose or turned on the people that were there in attendance. These clowns, they dressed up as monsters in human form, wearing larger-than-life shoes, big gloves, large noses, different colored hair with large styles of hairdos. They were not there to scare the animals, but to protect them. They were there to scare the people away from the animals. As time went on after the flood, clowns evolved into something a bit more funny, like in Rome, where they acted in skits and plays. Always funny. They were always portrayed as dumb, stupid types of people. But as we now know today, it takes a really smart person to play such a dumb individual, such as like Jerry Lewis, the Three Stooges, Red Skelton. But as in every profession, you have that set of people who defy the morality of the job and of the people. They're the ones who always seem to come up on top and ruin it all for everyone else. These are the ones who mess it up for everyone. And then on the bottom of that group, there are a few that do everything on purpose. So let's look and see about our own nation, the United States, and its government. Do we have clowns that are running the show? For the last 59 years, following the assassination of JFK, we've had nothing but people who are trying to be funny, and as always, there are a few exceptions. The only question we need to ask is, are they really funny or just seemingly funny? Look at Johnson who quickly followed Kennedy and was sworn into office while flying on Air Force One from Dallas to D.C. He was sworn into office with Jackie standing next to him. The very next day, while talking to reporters in D.C., the Gulf of Tonkin took place where the United States destroyer fired a shot over one of our own aircraft carriers in the Gulf, and that was blamed on the North Vietnamese. The next day, Johnson began flying in U.S. Marines 
and Army ground troops, and the war in Vietnam began with the United States. Who profited from that war? Well, it was the big U.S. war machine called the military complex. It lasted from Johnson through Nixon and ended with Ford. It lasted 11 years. Johnson helped in the assassination of Kennedy because Kennedy wanted no part of Vietnam. And there was this executive order to bring the United States economy back on the gold standard, waiting for him to sign, virtually killing off the Federal Reserve, in which Johnson had a huge part of through the Rockefellers, which here in America was the lead Illuminati family. Johnson, who was an atheist, was also an anti-constitutionalist. He hated the freedoms the people had because he could not control the people. Although he did get the Johnson Act passed in Congress in 1953, in which started on January 1st, 1954, where all churches had to contract to the IRS and through this act, became the 501c3 church, a state-funded and state-run organization, now limited to what they could say, teach, and preach within the limits of Bible and politics from the pulpit. Johnson was a clown because he shut the people up from expressing their views and their beliefs from the local community place called the church. It was Johnson that had the last laugh. Now the Christian faith was scared to speak outwardly. They can speak lies. They just can't tell the truth. Then we have Nixon, the cook, the liar, the thief. He was Satan in the flesh to the clowns. He was their savior because he got us out of Vietnam in 1972 but then got impeached for the break-in at the National Democratic Party at the Watergate building. He resigned as president, and which was the only time in U.S. history a president and vice president were both impeached, and the nation wound up with a presidential appointed by Congress and not the people. Nixon was a clown because of his strategy and cheating on an election. But all that did was bring us a new type of clown. Do you know the name Hillary Clinton? Yep, she worked for the law group handling the case against Nixon. She was caught lying to the courts and committed fraud on court paperwork. Thus, she was fired. Sound familiar? She, over the years, has become the first of now many female clowns. Oh, I'm sorry, the first of birthing people clowns. That brings us to another sad but true clown. That name is Nancy Pelosi. I say it because other than her chest, it acts more like a non-birthing person than it does a birthing person. It has been in politics as long as Joe Biden, another real clown 
but it can't help it. It has had the brain snipped on uh, twice to stop the bleeding on the back of his brain in the late 1980s. During the last election cycle, 93% of those voting knew nothing about Joe Biden's brain hammerism. Nancy brings to the table a hard-lying, deep, non-Bible-believing, communist-acting individual. When it gained power over the House of Representatives, it lost all control of its brain power to the lower-class political elite, and it's never gotten it back. It's a puppet on the string used by the Hollywood elite, and now it speaks of all things as in past tense. It is a real clown bringing people to laugh hard whenever it speaks, and the best thing it can do is go hide inside a barrel and stay hidden because no one wants to watch this clown run around and look like the donkey's backside that it is. This donkey's backside, known as the House Speaker, is third in line for the presidency if anything should happen to Biden and Harris, which we all hope it will. But to have this clown sitting in the White House would be like a bag of poop thrown onto the doorstep of the American people that set ablaze, in which we would then need to stomp it out, then go clean off our shoes. Then we have the peanut man himself, Jimmy Carter, who for all intent and purposes brought us Billy Beer, like Bush, Budweiser, and Miller wasn't enough. The good thing was it was only good for a 14-minute period of fame. And then Carter got caught up into the great Iranian prisoner ordeal known as the Iranian hostage crisis, and that lasted 400 and 44 days. That is 14 months. And it wasn't until Ronald Reagan was voted into office that Iran released them because they didn't want to deal with Reagan. He threatened to kill every one of those terrorists if they didn't let them go by the time he took office. Then Papa Bush came into the office with the promise of, quote, Read my lips, no more new taxes, unquote. Of course, there came new taxes. And then another new word phrase for the American people to hear for the first time, quote, the new world order, unquote. This clown scared people. They began to dig a little bit and found out that the Bush family owned many new oil wells in Kuwait, a nation just east of Iraq. And the family is making millions per year from the oil. And, well, Grandpa Bush of 1930s ran liquor during the years of probation and had a hand in starting NASCAR, but also helped fund the Nazi party in Germany by sending pledge money to Hitler and his party called the Nazis in the early 1930s. 
Now you know the basic story of this clown family. That brought in a big clown, one who couldn't keep it in his pants. Of course, we are talking about the husband of Hillary Clinton. His name is Bill. Here is when the nation learned of Jennifer Flowers and the Clinton hit list. And he is the guy that smoked weed but never inhaled it. He's also the same guy that needed to have the word if and it defined in court after the allegations of him and Monica Lewinsky came out. Something about a blue dress with a white spot on it. And we're not talking about the devil mentioned in the hit song from Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels, Devil with the Blue Dress On. No, we are talking about this president keeping the nation glued to their TV sets and the newly formed Fox News Network and CNN with wall-to-wall coverage of Monica Lewinsky, the young intern for Clinton, and the romp in the Oval Office and the Oval episode. He couldn't keep his zipper closed, and she couldn't keep it out of her mouth, and the nation became the laughing stock of the world. This is when the people began to see our government is nothing but a bunch of clowns. And if it wasn't so serious, it'd really be funny. But it is serious. So the nation brought back the subtle bush. Then baby bush gave it a shot. Then the Twin Towers came down. They blamed it on pilots from Saudi Arabia who were supposed to be dead but we're still flying back and forth from the U.S. and New York to Saudi Arabia. We have since learned that our own government had some stuff to do with these towers coming down. And no, we have not forgotten it. Not just that, but there's video proof of lies, cover-ups, and downright conspiracies that are now proven to be true. Our government has lied to you, the American people. And we even went to war over the lies and dumped tons of nuclear waste-tipped bullets on Iraqi soil, making lots of area in Iraq unsafe to live because of the nuclear waste. And even our own troops getting radiation sickness Then came what we thought was not a clown, but the Antichrist himself, Barack Obama, who did everything he could to transform our nation from a free enterprise economy to a Muslim-style Satan-backed economy, a court system where he was in total charge. He corrupted D.C., the White House, and he brought us Obamacare, known as the Affordable Care Act. Oh, yes, and it spoke of earlier the it. Then it made a historical and mind-bending statement during the time of Obamacare. Quote, if you want to know what's in the bill, you have to pass it first so you can read it, unquote. 
for the first time in U.S. history, not just one clown, but many clowns were running our nation and destroying it. But then came a man from the people, one of us, a man, a big man, one who is a real CEO, enter Donald Trump. He started to bring back the government to the people, by the people, and for the people. The look at all the existing clowns at the inauguration was really funny to watch as they saw all their hard work for 47 years just disappearing before their eyes. And that is when the clowns began to fix the problem, to take down this real man, make him a liar, distract from the people the truth, and show them only lies. Isn't that what a clown is supposed to do? Make the people look one way while they do something the other way? Distracting you, the people, from the truth by lying to you and showing you the untruth of everything. They did away with Donald Trump. Well, they made it look like they did away with him. They're really good liars and cheats. But if you look closely, you can see the distractions. Isn't it funny how the clowns had everything going their way? And along comes one man who, with just a few signatures, takes down the entire system. So the clowns got together and handpicked a guy to run opposite of Trump, someone who in 50 years of politics only had two written bills passed on the Senate in the House floor and made into law. One had many blacks arrested and put in jail for having just one joint, and the other had rights taken away from women. And in 50 years, that was it. They got him to run against Trump, and this clown isn't just a low-level clown. He's a top-rated clown, the cheesiest, the one who knows how to lie the one who knows how to kill the economy, the one that knows how to get the job done. This clown's name is Joe Biden. He's a real clown. He falls up steps, falls over on his bike, does away with everything that is good for the people. He has, in fact, given more rights to the Chinese Communist Party in China than he has to his own people here in America. He has now sold 9 million barrels of our military's oil reserve to our number one enemy, China, and has gained massive amounts of payback money from China through Hunter, his son. The Biden crime family has grown and become rich because of their connections with the Chinese Communist Party, in which he is now a bought and paid for part of. People of America, our nation since 1963 has been run by nothing other than clowns. Clowns of the elite to distract us from the truth, to make us watch where the barrels are and not the stage where everything is happening. We the people need to stop watching the stupidest clowns 
and watch the real show because one of the people is about to put one on where no clowns are allowed. Governor, I yield back to you. Wow. Very sobering, Justice Waters. And then when you study what Bill Gates and Soros and these people have in store for us through the New World Order and Agenda 2020 and Agenda 2030, it becomes very apparent that uh, we've been deceived and we've been at the circus way too long. It's time to come up and come out from underneath the anesthesia. And most Americans are. 80, almost 90%, last I heard this week, are, I believe this country's headed in the wrong direction. So the truth is always the answer. And the truth is, is coming out. I heard it on a radio, on a Fox News program, a lady quoting the laws of nature, nature's God, and holding our, our government accountable for not doing what their sworn oath is, and that is to abide by those laws. And so they're beginning to, to wake up, and I'm encouraged. But we need to know how to engage, and engage lawfully and peacefully. And so, Governor Henney, could you share about the re-inhabited books and how to get involved with our republic? I would. Thank you, Governor Carpenter. Justice Waters, thank you very much for sharing with the American people. America, it is time to wake up. Go educate yourself. Go to the Republic for United States of America.org. Uh, read about what's going on with your great American Republic. Read the Declaration of Sovereign Intent and the Proclamation of Claim of Interest. There's many videos there and there's many documents you can read that see that your Republic is re-inhabited peacefully and lawfully and it and all notices have been served on the world. We are standing here holding your seats for you. We're waiting for you to step up in a force majeure to have your republic back that our founding fathers left for us to protect. Uh, Dave and Jean Hurdler from the Wisconsin Free State have donated three and a half, four years of their time, and they have written of some books. One is uh, Re-Inhabited Republic for the United States of America, Volume 2. And that's the story of the re-inhabitation of America. And volume one is Reinhabited Republic for the United States of America, America's Truthful History. You can order those books from our national website, republicforunitedstatesofamerica.org, or you can order them at reinhabitedrepublic.com or Barnes and Noble or Amazon.com. And also the, there's another book that Gene had, has written. It's about the James Timothy Turner, an American president and political prisoner. And it's a legal brief, an appeal to the courts of heaven, uh, that James Timothy Turner is our restoration president that has started this restoration peacefully and lawfully. And now that our republic is here, re-inhabited lawfully, it's time for you to step up, take your seat, America. You know, let me, let me take a couple of paragraphs here from the roadmap for the re-inhabitation of the republic. It was uh, written by James Buchanan Geiger, our present president of the America's Republic, dated February 26, 2016. I'm just going to take a couple of paragraphs here. Let me speak plainly. The America, the America that our forefathers founded is gone, Take over, taken over for, by foreign interests. The America 
that we know today is in grave danger. Not only we are looking at an economic collapse in progress, we are also seeing the efforts of years of planning on the part of the foreign interests to remake America into one of their third world thiefdoms. If you study Nazi socialists takeover of Germany, then you will have an idea of how this takeover is proceeding in America today. All that is needed is for America people to acquiesce to the things that, like national health care, gun control, and the like. The American people are at a disadvantage. Some, most of us have been indoctrinated to trust those of authority and to simply acquiesce to change. Change could be a good thing if the intent were to make America a better place to live and raise a family. However, the change that America people have witnessed in recent years should be a big wake-up call. Will the American people wake up? Do we have the fortitude to work against those who are destroying our way of life? Will we make a stand for life, liberty, and justice for all? Each of us must answer these questions for ourselves. I agree with John Adams when he stated in 1798 that our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Thankfully, American people still have access to the same almighty God that our forefathers appealed to when they found themselves in the same unattainable situation. You know, it's time to wake up, America. It's time to educate yourself and take control of this great American republic. There are forefathers left for us to protect and enjoy. We are holding your seats and the title to America's republic. You just need to want it back. Take ownership of your part and spread the word, America. You know, God is on our side, and we know who wins in the end. So God bless America. Thank you, Governor. I yield. Thank you, Governor Henney. You know, probably the one thing that I bring to the table in this conversation that we have weekly with each other and, and share with the American people is a world perspective. And I look around the world and you, you see the euro on a one-to-one basis now, trading uh, one-to-one uh, internationally for the first time since 2002. You see their leader step down and take a large percentage of their government with him. Uh, you see uh, Sri Lanka totally collapse economically. They're bankrupt. You see the Dutch farmers, and they've had, and they said, hey, you know, we're we're cutting back on all these fertilizers and all this, and, you know, the net result is is that about half of our population is going to be unemployed because of these decisions, and it's cutting back on our food chain. You see, Bill Gates, and it, you know, it's scary because you only see a small portion of what's really going on, but, you know, his name pops up now. This huge land acquisitions in our farming belt and in the Dakotas. Uh, right next to government land, uh, breaking all kinds of zoning ordinances and you know, buying off officials, and and becoming so blatant as to what Justice Waters brought forth into what we're living in today. 
but be encouraged because this is a birthing worldwide of a perspective for humanity, those that will live through these troubling times, I see, will lead towards the same type of governance that we've exposed to the world that brings prosperity and peace and harmony when we're one with our creator and the laws of nature and nature's God. And so you see these countries all over the world in anguish, their people are starving, they're in war, and it's all created by the same enemy. And they don't stand a chance once we are all enlightened. From a world perspective, most Americans are very ignorant when it comes to this type of thinking and understanding, although it's prevalent everywhere else except in the United States, because in our perspective, everything begins and ends here. And you are right. This is the birth of the laws of nature and nature's God being followed and enacted upon by a people. And we planted a seed. We showed the world. And they want some of what we've had. But if we let this die, the rest of the world will have experiences. So, yeah, it begins and it is here with us. So what are you going to do about it, America, patriots, military? This is the hill that you live and die on when it comes to individual freedoms and governance, self-governance, based on the laws of nature and nature's God. With that, Mr. Binder, Representative Binder, would you close us in prayer? Absolutely. You know, ladies and gentlemen, the most powerful weapon that we have right now is prayer. And we pray with the group that synergy prayer. And uh, so the best thing we can do is pray right now. God is never late, but he's seldom early in the crisis. And according to his plan, he's, he looked, he's sitting back and he's seeing what we're going to do. And the prophets are uh, telling us what he's going to do. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for watching over us as an eagle watches over her young and protects them from danger. Thank you for the many blessings that you give us, both seen and unseen, that allow us to take ground back from our adversary. In the name of Yeshua, help us to unite together with one mind and one heart to save humanity along with our beloved republic. Father, strengthen us in mind, body, and spirit to win the battles over dark powers and principalities. In the spirit world, with our gospel armor on and the piercing light of truth emanating from our sword, that is the word of God. For you are God and there is no other. Be with us and every one of us uh, to guide us and to help us to stay on the straight and narrow path of victory, not deviating to the right or the left or allowing the deep state to divide us. Give us supernatural understanding and quick reflexes as the attacks build to crescendo just before victory. As your word states in Revelation 22 verse 11, Quote, and when that time comes, all doing wrong will do it more and more. The vile will become more vile, 
Good men will be better. Those who are holy will continue on in greater holiness. End quote. We cover our nation, our military, and our prophets with the dome of protection of Psalms 91 and our people. It's impenetrable by the enemy for ourselves, our family, and our friends. Give your appointed leaders wisdom and understanding, and by your grace and mercy, release President James Timothy Turner from political incarceration with full restitution for he and his family. God save the Republic, and to God be the praise and the glory forever and ever. Thank you, Father. Amen. 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 Thank you. Joseph, we'll turn it over to you, my friend. Good evening, America. Hey, how's Joseph, everybody doing tonight? Week. Great. How are you doing, sir? Doing all right. You know, I, I I wanted to put the challenge out. I don't know if I did last week, but to the people out there that are listening, or the people that listen in the archive of the show, <clears throat> you know, I'm sure if we were spinning a wheel here with dollar bills at the end of it, or if we were talking about sexual perversion or something, or a fo- football entertainment, or something silly, the, the, the people would be falling all over themselves, pulling over on the side of the road just to call into this podcast. Because it, because it would tickle their ears, but you know, and and we have people that listen, and we have pastors that listen, and people that call themselves men of God, or or you know, to build up their churches or whatnot, and you know, and and like I said, you know, I put that challenge to interact with your 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 government here, your republic, because this that's what this is. And that's what I, I want to put out there, at least if I didn't do it last week, put it out there, the people that listen to the archive. Next week is 6 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time, okay? Uh, call in. Interact with your republic. Uh, you know, after the first 30 minutes or so, uh, after the Republican forums, you give their message. People are welcome to interact and and and, and ask ask questions if they if they must not repet- repetitive questions where we hear the same questions over and over and republic it's not what the republic can do for you i think that's the wrong impression a lot of people get too when i when i put the show out there or i put the message out there or people are what can what what can you do for me it's not what the republic can do for you it's what you can do for the republic your country your government what are you doing for your country and your government right now today? What are you doing? Going to work and paying your taxes is not being an American, okay? Being an American is getting out there and being proactive and, and becoming involved in your neighborhood, your community, your, your, your county, your city, your state, your town, okay? And getting involved in everything and all the, all the aspects of what's happening. You know, I had a conversation this week. Uh, it was a little bit of a, a, a debate, actually, where, you know, Romans 13, they threw in my face. You know, uh, we're just passing through. You know, we're not going to save anything. Boy, boy if, if the founders uh, took that attitude or if great men and great leaders throughout world history took that attitude and that assumption on the way we should live day to day, boy, where would we be today? We surely probably wouldn't even exist or we'd be in chains for sure. So to have that type of attitude is wrong. Now, I'm going to ask this question, or Governor, if you can ask, or somebody, please. Uh, I, I'm going to interact with the Republic here. What say you about that, this, this, this attitude from a lot of pastors or people that are out there preaching the Word of God, this Romans 13? They say, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Uh, we can't change anything, you know. If, uh, we shouldn't be, you know, have, worrying about what's going on in the world because God has a plan, and nothing's going to stop that plan because nothing happens unless God allows it to happen. 
What, what, uh, does anyone want to comment on that? <laughs> hey, Joe, this is Roger. It's interesting. I want, yeah, just a minute, Roger. Joseph, you know me pretty well, and so does Roger and most of these other guys. And, and would you all believe that God prepped me for this question tonight, for the conversation I had earlier with Gene Herber regarding this conversation? And uh, I'll relate a short story, make it quick. I was accused in a counseling situation of having an attitude I needed to go home and pray about. And uh, so I did, and what God showed me was this. He said, well, you're supposed to reflect me and be a reflection of me in every way, truth, love, justice, mercy, all these things. And um, Yet I kicked Adam and Eve out of the garden. They lost their blessings and their covering. I, I got fed up with what was going on, and I saved uh, the world, Noah, and, and uh, destroyed the world. And at the same time, um, he said, uh, I finally got sick and tired of the battle, and I sent my son to the cross to, to uh, come back victorious over death, hell, and the grave and give everybody a way out of this mess. And uh, he said, you know, he said, uh, you're supposed to have an attitude too. Uh, just making sure that uh, it's in alignment with the reflection of my attitude. And apparently God has boundaries then. And if we don't, as free men and women, uh, exercise our boundaries in a moral and just way uh, and allow the enemy to come in and stay within our gates and actually encourage the enemy to come in and take over our country, then who's at fault? Uh, so attitudes? Yeah, that's a good question, Joe. What do you think? Well, I, 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 I'd like to hear what Roger has to say on that. He wants to get in here on that. I, I want to. I would like but, to hear you know, whatever. Joe, <laughs> you know, when you look at all of Paul's writing, because Paul is the one who wrote that passage of scripture, and it wasn't really a passage of scripture. It was a letter written to the Romans. Now, first of all, think about that. It wasn't written to anybody else but to Rome, the church at Rome. Why Rome? Because Rome is where the government seat of the world was at that time. Okay? Paul never talked about politics. Paul never once ever wrote anything about the Roman government and how we as Christians are supposed to follow the Roman government. Nowhere in any of his writing is that ever seen. What he was talking about in Romans 13 was not a political government. It was the structure of the church government. Paul always talked about the church, not the, the secular government. So when you read it and you understand it from the Greek and the Hebrew, you find that it's strictly about church-level government, the structure of the church, the pastor, the deacons, the elders, and so forth. That's what he's talking about. And there is no way that Caesar alone is going to be told by God the Creator that we the people are supposed to follow Caesar 
because he loves God so much. No, doesn't work that way. Now, you look at our country. We don't have leaders in our national and state and local government that love God so much that they allow the people to have all the freedoms to worship God. No, they want us to worship them. Why is it then that when that all that came out in the uh, early 20s after the, the towers came down, FEMA was going around telling pastors all over the country, you instruct your people to follow Romans 13. They have to follow the federal government. And what did the federal government say? That the church people are the number one enemy of the government. That's found in the Patriot Act. So that is why Romans 13 has nothing to do with the worship, the giving, and all that to Rome or the government, but it's only to the church government itself. So that's that's what the teaching of that is. So that's what I tell people when they ask me that question. I used to get asked that all the time. I haven't here lately because I think I've told everybody so many times they just quit asking me. <laughs> We have a so anyway, caller on the line here. Uh, thank you, Justice Waters. Caller on the line 3023. You got your hand up. You're on the call. Thank you. This, thank you, Governor Henning. This is Gene Hurtler, oh. and the author of Reinhabited Republic for the United States of America. And I want to affirm what Justice Waters just spoke about uh, Romans 13. Uh, that's been taken out of context, and it's also been a propagation to defraud the American people of the truth, and especially those of the church. And I, and those that would want to judge me as a female, I want to say to you that the scripture says that there is neither Jew nor Greek nor male nor female, but that we are all one in Christ Jesus. And don't put me in a box. I know the word of God. I'm spirit-filled. I love the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all of my mind. And I live the word of God. And what the gentlemen have spoken here today is right on. We have a limping, bleeding America because we, we got usurped, founded on Christianity. America was founded on the word of God, the laws of nature and of nature's God. It's right in the Declaration of Independence. That's our law form. That's the law form for the American Republic. We got usurped in 1871, actually in the Reconstruction era's, era during the Civil War years, and then furthered on as we went through progress, the progressive era, where we were demoralized as a people, where they infiltrated every institution of America, both governmental, uh, educational, and church. They lied to us, they demoralized us, they took away our history from us, and if you don't know your history, you don't know who you are or what you have. You've been robbed. And I want to say to you that we have to get it back. You have to have the knowledge. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. We need to get that knowledge back. We need to reverse the curse. You need to know your knowledge. Get the Reinhabited series. And I'm not about selling books. We gifted the rights of the books to the American Republic and ultimately to the American people. 
because we want to regain that knowledge. We want to know who we are. The church has been lied to. The seminaries have been infiltrated. They've been told lies about the founding fathers. They don't know that we were built on a biblical culture and that that they built a model of Christian government. And if we don't get that right, if we don't get that right, we're going to lose it. We want to live in the jurisdiction of liberty, and we have liberty only because of the laws of nature and of nature's God, and we're right on the brisk. We're right on the, the brink of losing it. We want to go back, Isaiah thirty three twenty two. for the Lord is our judge. That's the judicial branch. The Lord is our lawgiver. That's the legislature. The Lord is our king. That's the executive branch. He will save us. We need to turn to him. We need to get it right and go forward. And Isaiah chapters 58 and 59, those are what speak to America today. If you don't know those chapters, become familiar with them and become familiar with them quickly because that's the fast that the Lord would have his people choose today. Thank you. I yield the floor. Amen. Thank you, Gene. I love that. I love that. That's Willie, uh, God put a Willie Nelson song in my life here not long ago that speaks right into knowing your history, and it's a really catchy way of looking at it. If you didn't know the day you were born, how old would you be? Mm-hmm. How important it is to know your history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Right on. Yay, Willie. Willie knew. Willie knew and Willie fought for it with the farmers, didn't he, Governor Carpenter? Yeah, you know that was uh, that was the beginning of uh, you know really uh, ratcheting up our our reinhabitation process was through that yeah. uh, that effort the with the farmers and farm aid, yeah, and the SAR and all That's of right. that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I tried to get, I checked, like I said, the Romans 13 is very, very important. You know, I got into those discussions uh, with some friends, and, uh, you know, they basically were, were trying to tell me, you know, yeah, well, you know, we're only, we're only passing through. You know, where this isn't our home, you know, which, you know, we're, we're, our home is heaven, and that God has a plan, and, there's, and we're not going to stop that plan. But we're not trying to stop God's plan. You know, and, and I just really didn't know how to, to, to really try to, they kind of caught me off guard with that conversation. And, and I know they mean well, and I'm not trying to tear them down, but at the same time, meaning well is sometimes, basically, we have all these church leaders or pastors out there, and, and, and they, you know, basically what they're trying to say is, you know, look, we'll just leave it up to God. You know that we're you know we we're not going to change, and I don't it, that just lights a fire under me sometimes because mm-hmm. I don't believe consciously I just can't think to believe that that's the right way to believe, you know. Yes, yes, Joe, Joe, I want to I want to speak into that and and say right on because uh, they infiltrated our seminaries, they infiltrated everything, and they propagated a lie to us. If, if we knew our history as a people, we would understand that our founding fathers really continued what our forefathers, the pilgrim separatists, came to the New World on the North American continent seeking the freedom to live out the Holy Scriptures, uh, the Lord's table in the wilderness. And then after them came the Puritans, and they learned um, the model government from the pilgrims. And... It, it all germinated forward in covenants with the Almighty 
beginning with the Mayflower Compact and going forward to to where we came to the Declaration of Independence, which, which is a declar which is a covenant with Almighty God, and with that, they came to seek to propagate the uh, the commission of the Lord, the Great Commission, to share the gospel of Christ Jesus throughout the world. They knew that they had the model government. They knew that they had God's government, that that was the um, Hebrew government. They learned biblical republicanism, and that's where it flourished was on this covenant. And we've been so lied to with uh, when they usurped us in the Civil War years in the Reconstruction era, and then we know about the Act of 1871. But with that, we also have to understand that Christopher Columbus Langdell that became the dean of Harvard Law School in 1870 that changed the law system from what we had based on the laws of nature and of nature's God and going forward how they infiltrated our education system in the very early 1900s, we lost it. And if we don't know our history, we don't know who we are. And that's part of the judgment on the sins of our fathers to the third and fourth generation, the fourth generation is us, the baby boomers. Yes, sir. Jean, let me ask you, uh, before I lose this thought real quick, um, uh, another, the subject, too, is the tax, the 501c3 churches. They, they, and <laughs> that one angered a few people where they said, well, yeah, you just go ahead and not try to pay your taxes or try to, or try to go out mm-hmm. there and preach and not be a 501c3 church. And they said, you know, and they were, they, I mean, we're not trying to tell people not to pay their taxes, but can you, can you just explain okay. uh, the 501c3 status thing and why it's so wrong? Yes, and and David probably has a better handle even on it than us, but we'll remember President Eisenhower in uh, 1959 uh, with the Flag Act, um, Article 4, I think that is, USC 4, the yellow fringe that was put around the flag, and those flags that are situated in the sanctuary, the yellow fringe on that flag means that that is a holy W-H-O-L-L-Y, a wholly owned government corporation. When you file for a 501c3 status, you're filing with your state government to become a corporation. Those churches, when they became a business corporation, they became part of the state government. And now that government is no longer the American Republic. That became the corporate democracy that which was usurped, it's a Luciferian government, like Dr. Benjamin Rush, a signer of the Declaration of Independence, said, democracy is the devil's own government. I'm telling you, this is the devil's government. And we have progressed to the era in eschatology of the prophetic scriptures, and that's where we are. And the churches today that have filed the 501c3 status are part of that government, They are not a church, and Jesus Christ is not the head of the church. The state government is, and they are obeying the church government. They are not preaching the whole gospel of Jesus Christ. I could keep going, but I'll stop there. Wow. Well, that's powerful what you just said right there. That's that's amazing, and and that's what I wanted to hear, and and I would, you know, and if anyone disagrees with that, then uh, I wish they would press one if they're listening here tonight. I don't know who's listening, Um, but... uh, there, you know, we have another gentleman. We have another caller, uh, 9681. 
Thank you, G. Before we go to that caller, let me interject to answer your question a little bit further, Joe, before we go on to the next subject. Uh, Kelby Smith uh, has a website, uh, hisadvocates.com, and Kelby addresses a lot of those issues and offers uh, true and proven solutions for those looking to disengage uh, from that. And uh, so... Uh, anyway, thank you for letting me interject in that. Uh, go ahead, Governor Andy. Yeah, the caller uh, nine six eight one dropped off. Oh, nine six eight. Uh, oh, okay. Oh. Maybe they're back. I think. Okay. All nine, right. I know everyone's nine, in a six, hurry. Eight, you know, <laughs> connect them quick. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did nine six eight one. Are you there? Yeah, I'm there. Hello. Hey, Joe. How are you? Yeah. This is Brother Ray. Doing all right. Thank you. I had a, a few comments. Um, first, in, in the Bible, we have to understand the difference between a physical church, which is a church building with members in it, and there's unsaved and saved together. And then there's another church called the spiritual church, and that's in Christ. So Paul always opened up his epistles saying the church at Ephesus who are in Christ. That's two different locations. So when we speak about Jews and Gentiles, males and females, we're speaking about the spiritual body of Christ. But God has set up a distinct and separate places for males and females. And so, therefore, to say that a male is, is, is equal with a female is not true. We should reverence the females, and they are the weaker vessel. However, you know, physically we know that. Physically they don't have the bone mass that we have. Physically, they don't have the muscle tone that we have. And physically, they don't have the weight that we have. Their minds also work differently than our minds. And so we have to understand that when we say we take things out of context, well, we don't take things out of context. We have to study to show ourselves approved unto God. And Romans 13 is very clear about obeying the government. Peter says it, obey every single ordinance of, of the higher powers. And, and so, therefore... The only way that we revolt or we have civil disobedience is when they tell us to uh, violate the word of God. And that's what happened in this country. See, the settlers first came because they were oppressed in the the countries that they came from, and they sought religious freedom here in this country. And the usurpation happened back in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve sinned and gave the crown and the throne of this world to Satan. And so to say that somehow we can turn this thing around and bring it, it's, it's like saying I can board a plane and make the pilot go to the destination I want to go to. Things are going to play out the way they play out, and that's just the way it is. The world is not going to get better. The world is going to get worse. That's just predicted by the Bible. And so when we talk about these things, we have to understand that we're sojourners, we're pilgrims, we're ambassadors for Christ, and we preach the ministry of reconciliation. The only thing that we can do to change a person's life is to change a person's heart. And the only person that can change a person's heart is Jesus Christ. And so if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you don't know that you're a sinner, well, one day we all die. And after that, the judgment. But the first thing we have to recognize is that we are all sinners and that we're in the need of a Savior because God is an eternal God, and there needs to be uh, an answer for that sin. Peter was asked by Jesus, whom do you say that I am? And Peter answered, thou art the Christ. You see, those things were revealed unto him by God. 
And the same thing that Jesus Christ, he says, if I be lifted up, I will draw. The Father will draw all men unto me. And so the only thing that we can do is just live our Christian life and not give into the world in the worldly ways. Because the world is going to do what the world is going to do, and there's nothing that we can do about it. Because God's plan will come to fruition. And there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And those that are in Christ will be participants in that new heaven and new earth. And so I just, I used to be really into the news and all this other, it's just polarization. That's all it is. And, and, and I found myself distracted and discouraged and deceived. And everyone has a bias. So no matter what newscast we watch, we're going to see it through that bias. And I now realize that the devil uses distraction, deception, and deceit to pull us away from the walk that we should be walking. You know, Paul said, walk worthy of the vocation where you were called. What's our vocation? Our vocation is Christians. Of course, we all have different spiritual gifts that have been given unto us. And so, therefore, we exercise those gifts, and God has equipped us with the necessary grace to fulfill those ministries. We all have a ministry of reconciliation, and we all should be out there telling people about Christ. How many times have we met a woman or a man and we couldn't wait to tell every single person about the person that we just met. And, oh, my goodness, so beautiful and so just all intelligent. And, and just the list goes on. And you just talk about it for, for, to everyone you meet forever. And that love for Jesus Christ should be the same thing. And we should be focusing on furthering the kingdom rather than furthering this world. Because there is nothing we can do to change this world. Now, of course, Christians can go into government and try to, you know, change the things that where, 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 for instance, abortion, and try to make abortion, it's against God's law, and it's wrong, it's amoral, and it's murder, right? You can go to prison for killing a, a pregnant woman, you get charged with two homicides. However, if a woman wants to have an abortion, then that's okay. And there's, there's states that want to have an abortion up to 30 days outside of the womb. That's amoral, Right? So now Christians who take office, they can try to combat that and try to make policies and laws and regulations and rules. But what happens is there's, there's all of these people who are unsaved. There are all these people with their own agendas. There's all these people who belong to a party, and the party has its agenda. And so the individual doesn't really have any force or effect. And so... I appreciate so much what this gentleman had to speak, and that's so important. And again, knowing our history, we will understand what what our forefathers, the pilgrims and then the Puritans, and then our founding fathers, what they did is they set forth God's government on the earth. That's the kingdom of heaven on the earth that they they built on biblical republicanism based on the ancient Hebrew uh, republic with Moses. And they perfected that or tried to perfect that with the new covenant. And I want to bring forth a scripture that is disregarded today or not spoken of, and that's Acts chapter 3, verse 20 to 21. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until 
the times of restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world begun. And if we go into Daniel chapter uh, 7, there's all kinds of scriptures that talk about that the kingdom has to be restored and the dominion back to the saints of the Most High. That's our generation. We can't disregard that. And they did that, except it was not perfected. They had error, and they knew it. They knew that their descendants were going to have to perfect that. But since we haven't known history, it's been hidden from us. We've lost that. We've been blinded to it. It's part of the judgment, but the blinders are coming off. And we have to understand that we're coming into the times of restitution of all things, that his kingdom is arising, arising. And that the dominion is being transferred back from from the sin of Adam and Eve. It's being transferred back in the time. It's on the prophetic timeline, back to the saints of the Most High God, to the overcomers. And we have to understand from history what it was that we had, what it was that our forefathers gave us, what it was that our founding fathers lost because of the sins of the fathers and not treating all men as created equal. And then you have to understand that we got usurped. We lost the American Republic. We lost the law form of the laws of nature and of nature's God that is cited in the Declaration of Independence as the law form for the American Republic. And we went forward. With the Luciferians, with the Freemasons, um, with their uh, corporate democracy and being ruled out of the Washington, D.C. with the the Freemason temple there uh, with the devil's own government, as Dr. Benjamin Rush uh, stipulated there, what what he said democracy would be. That's what we're in. But it's time for that to end. But we aren't going to understand that and know how to go forward unless we understand our true history. We must understand the fullness of the the entire story of our history. And that's what the Bible is. The Bible is the greatest history book. It's still the bestseller on the market. It has been of all times. But you have to understand it, and you have to understand it in, in fullness. And there's been false doctrines that have been taught since then, like the doctrine of Zionism and the the, uh, the devil's own background in eschatology in there with the rapture theory and so forth. That's not what it is. We've got to regain it. And I exhort people to read the Reinhabited Republic for the United States of America, Book 1, Volume 1, America's Truthful History. It's all from original source material. Everything comes from original source material on what our founding fathers, what our forefathers and foremothers believed, what they knew they were doing at that time. You look at the the monument, monumental, the pilgrim's uh, monument to the forefathers, what it cites right there. It's all right there. The Statue of Liberty is a Freemason Um, memorabilia it's not our true statue we can't go forward unless we know our true history and volume two is the story of the re-inhabitation what men and women of god knew and understood and were led by the spirit of god to give notice on the corporate democracy of all 50 state governors to return our government 
back to the American Republic. And then they also serve the organizations and institutions around the world, the Luciferians around the world, and what was being done, followed the laws of nation to pull this thing out of dormancy and to restore it. And the American people have to get behind that. If they want the American Republic back, if they want God's government and God's favor back, they have to get behind it and stand it up. Thank you. I, I yield the floor. All right. Uh, I think someone else had thank a comment you. there, what the gentleman had to say. I think Governor did. Yeah, Governor, thank you, Gene, for, for sharing that. Um, and the gentleman uh, that was speaking, I, I, your words were well spoken, and I understand your heart. I, it reminded me so much of my father uh, in the way he would deliver that message. Uh, and he was a, a Moody graduate, uh, held degrees in theology, history, and sociology, and, and uh, I applaud you. But well, thank, is, you. thank you. I appreciate it. Um, there's there's one thing I want to address. Is that, that I do want to ask you one question though. Okay. I do want to oh, ask I'm you sorry, one I'm question. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. Um, it is stated in the Word of God that if a people who are called by my name will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways, and you know the rest of the verse. And we were to we were to take that covenant and uh, and run with that thought. And and then put it in a world perspective that we live in today, and I think we'd be a lot closer on target in our conversation if you understand where I'm going with that thought, because well, that opens I, up a whole new world of thought that isn't commonly taught in the church or within the body, but yet it is a covenant to this people. And we're living in those days, and we find ourselves, regardless of what we've been taught to believe, as Paul said, look at what's going on around you, and work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And all of a sudden, you know, if you take that other little detour in that covenant, uh, what's going on in this world become a whole lot clearer. It makes more sense, uh, and we know who the author of confusion is. And so, amen. Far, far be it from us to say that that we know it all. But no, I, I don't think that's what he's trying to say. We, yes, I don't think he was trying to say, Governor. But uh, 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 well, I mean, what was your question to him? What was the direct question? What are you trying to ask him? The, the covenant. If the people who are called by my name humble themselves. And turn from their wicked ways and seek. What if we go down that train of thought and look at where we're at today? All those things you're saying are pertinent and still true, but just in a different light of responsibility. Um, you know, knowledge is a heavy taskmaster, and once we have the Holy Spirit in our lives guiding us and directing us, and, and you can't unlearn certain things in life, and the, the the church and humanity itself, in my perspective today, is is looking at a situation where you can either accept life as it's given to you in the cards you're dealt, or you can take those cards you 
are dealt, and you can make a winning hand out of it. Um, but it's all in the motivation and in the perspective. And with that thought, I'll yield. Thank you for participating, so I appreciate it. Okay, go ahead. I, I didn't hear the direct yeah. question, but go ahead, I, <laughs> sir. I, okay, um, so so in the Bible, there are seven different covenants. We know that Noah had a covenant, and the sign was a was a uh, um, a rainbow. Abraham had a covenant. The sign was a a uh, uh, foreskin. You know, the circumcision of the foreskin. Uh, David had a covenant, everlasting throne. Uh, Jesus Christ had a covenant with the Father. And and all these all these covenants, uh, they 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 end or they begin with the shedding of blood. And so when we look at the Old Testament versus the New Testament, we have to say when does the New Testament start? The New Testament doesn't start chronologically; it starts at Matthew, but theologically it doesn't start until the death of Christ, because it's the shedding of the blood that brings us into that covenant. And we're in Jesus's covenant; we're in His inheritance. And the thing is, is that the time of restoration, the time of restoration is when Jesus Christ comes back with his saints and, and he sets up his kingdom here on this earth. And the humbling of, of, of his people speaking about the Jews. And sometimes we have to, oftentimes, when we're reading some sometimes often difficult passages, we have to look at the context. And then we have to understand that the scripture has three applications, a historical application, a doctrinal application, and a spiritual application. <clears throat> so, for instance, the temple, right? We can see that the Holy of Holies, well, that was a teaching that was taught to the Jews specifically back when they were wandering in the wilderness. And then we know that historically that's who he was talking to, and doctrinally that's who he was talking to. But spiritually, the believer now has access into the Holies of Holies through Jesus Christ, who is now... Our, our high priest. The nation of Israel had a high priest, and it was a physical high priest. But Jesus Christ had, is the spiritual high priest. So the Levites had the physical uh, uh, ministry, whereas Jesus Christ now has that spiritual ministry. And so, just like in the Old Testament, you had to obey the law, and if you broke the law, you had to bring sacrifices for your sins and get repentance. And every year, they had to um, offer up a scapegoat and, 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 and kill a lamb for the day, on a day of atonement. And we know that that's Jesus Christ. And so, therefore, you know, without those elements, then a person isn't saved. But we're saved by grace through faith and not of works, lest any man should boast. And so we see that there's distinctions in the Bible how God deals with man. He deals with man differently in different ways, which is called a dispensation. And we've already identified a dispensation in the Old Testament, the law, and the dispensation of the New Testament, when Jesus Christ sheds his blood, grace, right? All we have to do is accept Christ, and, and, and we're in. The Jews, when they sinned, they had to bring a sacrifice. When we sin, we just confess our sins. First John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, God is faithful to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And what has happened when we come to Christ is our Past sins were, were, were forgiven, our present sins are forgiven, and our future sins are forgiven. So what, the, what the, uh, the Apostle Paul said is that we're his workmanship that was foreordained. And so, therefore, the works is part of our 
salvation, the fruits of our salvation. It doesn't have anything to do with our salvation. All we have to do is profess. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says profess with your mouth and confess. No, confess with your mouth and profess with your heart. Because unto the heart Amen, man is, un, with, with the heart man is with righteousness, right? And so, yeah, so, so when we when when we study those word that word, we have to understand. We have to make those distinctions. What is, who's God talking to? What is He trying to teach? And how does this apply to me today? Well, I'll, then I'll stand so, in disagreement with you because I'll stand in agreement okay. with you that I'll profess the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. And I'm going to stand on that covenant that if the Ameri- if the Christian people decide to take control of their their situation and live under God's rules and under covenant with Him, that it would be world changing. And I believe that that's what that covenant is still in effect. Well, and I'll stand on that and thank you, sir. Yeah, thank you. And I agree with you in part. And this is the part that I agree with. If the church goes out and makes disciples, as Christ has said, then and, and, and disciple people, because oftentimes we lead men, women, children to Christ, and then they're just forgotten about. We don't invite them to church. We don't follow up. We don't call them. We don't fellowship with them. And so if, if we do these things, and Jesus said a disciple, and we know that that word disciple means discipline. So having a discipline in Christ and being taught the basic doctrines, getting the milk, because milk is just regurgitated food. It's something that somebody has told you that you've researched and looked in the Bible, right? Then there's meat and strong meat. And meat, you have to hunt for. You have to go into the woods. You have to track that animal. You have to make sure you're downwind from him so he can't smell you. You have to get your arrow out. You have to, you have to hit him. Then you have to chase him because he's still filled with adrenaline, and you might not hit him in the heart, and so you've got to wait until he, he, he falls. Then you have to skin him and dress him, and then you have to dissect him and, and bring him back to your house. And that's what strong meat is, right? We open up the Word of God, and we start studying it and asking God, reveal these things to us. See, too often Christians want to just maintain with that milk. And if we kept feeding milk to a baby until adolescence, until adulthood, that would stunt his growth, and, 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 and he'd still be a baby. And Paul admonished wanting, the Hebrews. Gene wanting to interject the, here. Uh, okay. what, I, what I would like to interject is, is to stay on topic here, we need to understand that the early Americans understood that they were the church, that according to the definition of the Bible, that the church is the ecclesia, it's the people. And they met at the meeting house. They didn't go to church. They were the church. They understood that. And with that, they had a social compact with each other. That was the covenant. That was their government system. And the American Republic is governmental. It's not religious. It's based on the laws of nature and of nature's God. It's God's government. They understood that. So it's governmental. It's not religious. And it was a social compact with one another. And they understood that they were the church. They didn't go to church. They went to the meeting house. Thank you. I yield the floor. Well, thank you, Jean. And and just so that we're clear, like you said, stay on topic, is that restoring the republic and the republic is is that how this all started off was is that in the conversation, maybe some people were listening, that's why I put that question out there, is that is the main focal point is that a lot of people have that attitude, the gentleman that's on the phone right now, is that 
as he made that statement, there's nothing we could do about it. We can't, you know, we're not a part of this world, and that's not what we what we are. We we I don't believe that. I believe that you know we we're here, yes, but we have to we have to repent. We have to turn. We you know we have to seek out God. You know, exalt as a nation that is righteous, and we're not righteous right now. And if we can turn this, there can be an awakening. God can do anything. Anything's possible with God. I believe you, uh, that, that that comment's been made many times, and God can turn things around. God does have a plan, yes, and that plan will continue going down that course if we don't do if we don't get out there and do what we're doing right now, trying to win souls, trying to restore our republic, doing the right thing, you know, and 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 having resistance to evil. You know, evil flourishes when good men do nothing, and you know, and we can't allow evil to flourish. And I and I think as being good Christians, we have to stand up to evil and resist the tyranny and take the chains off of government and get out there. Yes, and we can't do it unless God, we do it, of course, with God and for God and and give all glory to God. That's that, that's so. Um, I don't know if anyone else here wants to take a shot at this or to just make a comment. But yeah, we want to kind of stay on topic. Well, yes, it's even it's even prophesied in in latter days that there'll be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit across the face of the earth. And everybody has their own idea of what that looks like. Sure. But let's go down, let's go down this road, that if the world who's yearning for peace and liberty and justice for all was to recognize the author and the finisher of that work, which is our Heavenly Father, then they would live in that knowledge and the Holy Spirit would be among us and prophecy would be fulfilled. So now I look at what's going on in the world around us as we discussed earlier in our dissertation at the beginning of this show. And we see financial agreements being made among 214 nations. We see the cards being shuffled in front of us by the news, by, as I pointed out, the euro being one-to-one now on the forex. Uh, follow the money is always a good rule number one if you want to know what's going on. And obviously things are going on around us that if we just take a look at a little different perspective of life's diamond that we live in and line these events up in a little different manner, it all seems to be foretold in the Bible. It's just that for some reason we've got our place in this happening clouded because we don't have a clarity of information unless a person has the time and resources to get to the bottom of it like Jean's done in her books and, and other people are gifted in other ways and we're all part of the body and we're comparing those. Yes, but how do we get the Christians how do we get the other Christians out there involved? You see we have this division it's, and you know amongst us a, and, and edu- you know it's education. It's education yeah. and conversation. And as long as we yeah. can converse like we have with this gentleman tonight a peaceful, loving conversation that everybody wants to glorify the Lord and be a part of the solution. Amen, man. Nobody said we're ever going to agree, but steel sharpens steel. And sure. welcome to the conversation. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Ray, Raymond, you want to say so, something? I do. Uh, before yeah. we, I guess we got to get ready to start wrapping it up. But you want to say something? Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I did. And, 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 and by no means, I, I don't think that we should just sit by and let things happen. Of course not. But we should we should study to make sure that the candidates we put into office, they're, they're true and they're real and they're righteous, right, as far as their heart is concerned. And, and the other thing is, is that 
when I say that there's nothing we can do, there is something we can do, and that is bring people to Christ. Because if they have a new heart, then their, their heart will be to please God. And to please God would resolve a lot of things because the Holy Spirit yeah. resides within me. And so, therefore, I'm, I'm convicted. And, see, my convictions are where my beliefs come from, right? When the Holy Spirit convicts me of something, oh, I, I stole a candy bar. Oh, that was wrong. See, now that belief, mm-hmm. that's a sin, right? I've stolen. I've broken yeah. one of the commandments. Now I have to confess. And the thing is, is that people no longer have the fear of God. One day when we die, we stand before a living God, a consuming fire. And mm-hmm. to, to, it took me many years to really grasp how holy he is and how unholy I am. And so that's that, that's that, that fear of God. People teach it as though it's, it's this uh, reverence, and we should have reverence. But I know this, mm-hmm. when I came home with, from school one day, and I had a note pinned to my shirt, and I walked through that door. I feared my mother. I loved her, and I revered her, but I feared what she was going to do to me. And that's the same fear that we need to have before God, and to go out there and spread the gospel and be active in, in young Christians' lives and disciple them and bring them to church. And even our neighbors and our brothers and our sisters just invite people to church. It's the only way that things will change. Because God, if God's not in it, yeah. then the house cannot be built. And that's just the way it is. And yes, thank you for your time. Here. This brother, this brother is exactly right on. Founding Father John Adams said that for a moral and virtuous people, and he's right on. We need a moral and virtuous people in order for God's government, the American Republic, to work on this earth. We need divine intervention, and that's the only way it's going to happen, to have holy hearts. I yield. This is David Hurtler. May I may have the floor, please? Sure, go ahead, David. Thank you so much. When the pilgrims came over, if you go to the statue, the, the Matrix of Liberty above Plymouth Rock, on the very front of it, it says that they brought over civil and religious liberty. Okay, I want you to know, let's be really explicit here. Dr. Benjamin Rush said it this way. We built this republic, this government on Christianity. All governments come from a particular religion. And the pilgrims brought over Christianity. We built this government on Christianity. Without, he, Benjamin Rush said this, without Christianity, you can't have virtue. And he said, without virtue, listen to me now, without virtue, you can't have liberty. This is what's missing from Los Angeles to New York, from Minnesota to Texas, what's missing in the worship centers across America is virtue. Where does virtue come from? It comes from holiness. Guess what? When you become born again, when you accept Christ, you already have all the fullness of God. You already have holiness. Holiness moves to virtue. There's going to be a book that's coming out this year. And the name of the book is God's Solution for America. Make sure that you get the book. Listen to me. One more thing I got to say. Noah Webster said it this way. A republic is a commonwealth, a Christian commonwealth. 
the state in which the exercise of the sovereign power is lodged in representatives elected by the people. It's different, in, it's different today. It is not a democracy or democratic state. It's where the people exercise the power of sovereignty. Person. All 50 states in a republic, all 50 states, the clergy, the worship centers across America have to be involved and put godly people, God-fearing people, in all three branches of government, in all 50 states, all 50 states, all three branches of government in our nation's capital. Righteousness exalteth the nation, Proverbs 14.34. This is where we need to go. Righteousness must exalt this nation. I yield the floor back to you, sir. Thank you. Amen, David. Amen. All right. Uh, I guess, uh, Ms. Governor Henning, I'll turn it back over to you to give rep, uh, get everybody their closing thoughts to tonight's uh, podcast here. <laughs> Pretty powerful. Thank, thank, yeah, it is. Uh, what a what a great show this evening. Thank you all for coming here and sharing your wisdom. And, and I absolutely agree. Without God, this will not be done. But I, I understand that uh, heaven is going to return as heaven is, is done in heaven is done on earth. And God's kingdom is going to come here to earth, and this is what America's republic is, is, is God's government. We'll be returning on God's shoulders, I believe. But uh, Governor Carpenter, if you want to, any, any other words? Or, yeah, anybody, anybody closing thoughts? Anybody closing thoughts tonight? Go down the line here, just, just a minute. We've got a couple minutes left, so anybody want to give some closing yes. thoughts? Here? Yes, this is Jean. And what I would yeah, like to you. say is God's solution for America is to bring politics. What John Adams, our founding father and a member that, that worked on the Declaration of Independence, he defined politics as the divine science of God's government. That has to be back in the pulpit and to stand up the republic, the commonwealth, to bring back his government based on biblical Christianity as it had been for the first 300 centuries of this nation. It is not religious. It is governmental. I yield back to you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Governor, Governor Carpenter, or somebody, I want to go down the line, uh, uh, Mr. Henning. I don't don't know who's out there, who's left on the line here. I know we got a few, so. If our guest is engaged with David Hurley, let him speak. David Hurley, you got a closing words? I I I just want to say there there seems to be a separation here between Christianity and the Republic. It's it's yes. not. It's not. You gotta put them together. Listen, the, the the church was the church or the worship centers across America were tax exempt before 1954 and the 501c3. you got to know that. They were tax-exempt. They did not have to get involved in the 501c3. And who, who was the one that amplifies the 501c3? Who was the guy that was whining? Who was the guy? It was LBJ, who was high up in the Freemasons. And you got to know that in 19, in, in the 1870, you know, 1870s, in 1870, after the Masonic Temple was born, Albert Pike was told to come from South Carolina, Morals and Dogma, the book he wrote. He made his permanent residence in Washington, D.C. 
They made Washington, D.C. the world headquarters for the Freemasons. They, in 1871, they pushed God's tools <clears throat> off to the side, and they came up with corporate democracy. What's God's tool? The Declaration of Independence and the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. we got to embrace our, our Constitution. All you 50 states, you have to embrace your state Constitution. You have to embrace the national constitution. You have to embrace the Declaration of Independence. You have to embrace the Bill of Rights. With that, I yield, sir. Yep. Uh, uh, Ray, the guest there, the guest that called in, I think he may have plenty, maybe something else he wants to add here just towards the end here. I, I don't want to be rude to the new caller that called in. Uh, we had a couple of them tonight, but I think it was Ray out there. Ray, you want yes. to say something? Sure. I'd like to leave with this passage. It says, For other foundation can no man lay, and that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved. Yet so as fire. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. And I want to I want to make a uh, it's it's as a Christian's duty we should be more concerned about winning souls because this is a spiritual warfare, and men's lives are our men's souls are won and lost here. The other thing that distinguishes America from the rest of the world is that Israel was chosen by God. But America chose to serve God, and that's why we've been so prosperous. And America has turned their hearts and, and their walks away from God and wants to create. Not even Marx believed in a fully secular, uh, uh, secular nation. He said it wouldn't work. There's a place for the church. And if we're not winning souls, then we're doing the greatest disservice to everyone that we even talk to. Just think about this. At the great white throne judgment, we will sit there and men, women, and children who are on their way to hell will be saying, how come you didn't tell me? How come you were my best friend? You were my mother, my sister, my cousin, my aunt, my uncle. You were my neighbor. Why haven't you told me about this hell? You knew and you didn't tell me. And the reason, you know, Paul says there will be a great falling away before the end times. And we're in those perilous times and of course every generation mm -hmm. says that but we live in perilous times and we should know the seasons and we should know the things that god's word has is going to bring to fruition and without the winning of souls without that righteousness because proverbs says where the righteous it says when the righteous are in authority the people rejoice but the, when the wicked bears rule, the people mourn. And so everything that we do, we need to bring Christ with us. We need to glorify Christ because he richly deserves it. And when we lift up Christ, men will be drawn to Christ. And that's all I have to say. Thank you guys for allowing me to speak. And I appreciate all of you. And this is a great conversation. Thank you, Gene, wa Gene wants to add that 
that Christ has a jurisdiction for his people, the jurisdiction of liberty, and he came to cap- to set the captives free, and free is at liberty. And a jurisdiction of liberty is his government, which is the Republic for the United States of America, for his people. He does have a government for his people. And in, in the New World, in the Western Hemisphere, uh, set apart from the Old World, which had monarchs that were pagan and tyrannical. And it was in the Republic for the United States of America where his people could have liberty that he made by his death and by his blood that this gentleman just described. Thank you, I yield. Thank you. Thank you uh, Mr. Henning, I'll turn it over to you to wrap it up. Yeah, I'll run it over to uh, Governor Carpenter, and then we have Mark Binder yet, too. Governor Carpenter? Thank you. You know, Gene hit on it. It's about jurisdiction. And our jurisdiction was stolen from us subvertly, which is the laws of nature, nature's God, and common law, and turned into admiralty law um, under corporate law, UCC. And that's the code of statutes. And so we find that if we choose to live in enslavement under uh, man's jurisdiction, then right off the bat we violated one of God's commandments and I should have no other gods before me. Or, in other words, there should be no no uh, battle of the spirits as to which master we serve, whether we serve God or, or man's law. And so... We've realized through our consortium of minds and comparing notes and, and understanding and, and testing God that that we can choose to live in his in his jurisdiction and under his covenant fully. Um, if we disengage in a, to, in a degree and to attempt to educate and to set men free, and it goes back to we the people, as you said at the beginning, the church is we the people. And that's why the Constitution is we the people, because it was that church of common believers that chose to send delegates and, and people to represent them to the halls of Congress and to stand up this country. And it morphed into a beast that instead of being a, another place of worship, and of, of following God's laws, uh, it became a, a place of opportunity for the enemy to, to come in. And so knowledge is a heavy taskmaster. Once we recognize who the enemy is and what he's done, then do we not have a responsibility to overthrow that and to throw off those chains of bondage and to serve the one true living God? And everything you brought to the table tonight, I agree almost 100% with and it takes God's people to inhabit his kingdom. And thank you, Joe, for allowing me to share my, my final thoughts. With that, I'll yield. Thank you, Governor. Uh, Mark Binder, closing words. Yes, sir. Um, I just have a, um, a quick solution or one, a quick solution for the 501c3 churches. Uh, you might check into the 508c1 uh, church status, the IRS status. Uh, it's easier to, to file that way at first than to get out of the 501c3, but uh, 
that's a remedy. I'm not an expert, but uh, I know uh, a few other um, blog-type churches do that, and they can talk politics and whatever they want to talk about then without feeling repercussions. And also we were talking earlier about um, Romans chapter 13, um, I think one of the answers to your, your uh, what you're seeking is in uh, Mark chapter 12, and this is a story where the Romans, um, the Pharisees, actually were asking uh, Jesus and his disciples, "Is it lawful to pay taxes?" And uh, what Jesus asked, now paraphrasing, but uh, Jesus said, um, "Show me a coin, show me a penny," and he said, "Whose name, whose inscription is on it?" And they said, "Caesar's," and he said. Uh, and this, this is really, this is a small scripture, but it's very powerful. Uh, he said, and Jesus answered the Pharisees and said to them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they marveled at him. And that's really pretty ironic, because God, the creator of everything, owns everything. So, um, you know, I mean, Caesar's like playing claim to it, but God owns it. And with that, I yield. Thank you so much for that wonderful conversation today. Yeah, it is. Thank you, Mark Binder. Uh, Joe Gitson, thank you very much for allowing us to come to this platform and great conversations like this for the American people. Do you have any closing words, sir? Uh, I just want to say thanks for everybody that participated here tonight. And, and listen, every Tuesday, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your republic, your lawful de jour form of government here, the republic. Uh, so this is your chance to engage with them every Tuesday, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. They, uh, they uh, you know, inform the uh, American people for the first 30 minutes or so, and then after that we're allowed to engage politely. Uh, we're not here to debate, but we're here to have discussions and, and, and of course, give all glory to God and, and, and try to restore you know, uh, our, our republic lawfully and our de jure republic uh, through God. So that's what we're trying to do, and that's the purpose of this podcast. Now, just imagine if there were 7,000 other podcasts just like this, and we all united together and, and, and brought this message to the American people so all the ears can hear, and we can get all the voices together to participate across this great country. Just imagine what, what, what type of remedy we would be bringing to the people and what service we'd be doing before God and giving all glory to God. Imagine how blessed we would be. You know, I, that's, that's my job. I feel and that's my calling is that's what I'd like to that's what I like doing and that's what I like seeing and uh, surely there's there's a reason why we've grown so much over the years and we've had our ups and downs and we've fought off evil the chains of slavery this government this tyranny that they continuously they try to wrap around our necks and throats every single day but you know what there's good people like this out there right here on this podcast every single Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on this podcast and it's such a great honor to have you guys out there and the people that call in and participate thank you because without you there wouldn't be no podcast and there i'll yield god bless the republic god bless you sir thank you joe gibson uh just for raymond's uh something i want to share with raymond quick uh since i've been part of the republic for over a decade i've seen many people because of the republic it's god's government and they've received jesus christ and they've come forward uh in belief and to me, it's just amazing. That's that's part of why I'm here, also. And God bless America. And, and let's not forget the Republic for United States of America dot org. Go there and educate yourself and your family. God bless the Republic. Well, 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.